I don't think that that people purposely want to live, um, you know, a life full of cruelty or, no. you know, or, or, or necessarily want to, you know, add more, um, you know, greenhouse gases, to, you know, to the earth. But there's something that happens that you don't realize um, while you're going through this process that you become more conscious. And then it's not until you become more conscious that you can actually see what's in front of you. That's exercise physiologist Marco Borges. And this is the Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate that. My name is Rich Roll. I am an athlete, author, public speaker, wellness advocate, husband, dad, student, and uh, podcast host, of course. And this is the show where I commune with the paradigm-shifting outliers, the big forward thinkers across all categories of positive culture change, everything from health and fitness to nutrition, academia, medicine, entrepreneurship, tech, mindfulness, consciousness, and spirituality. The goal is lofty, but it's also simple and I think very worthwhile, and that is this, to help all of us unlock and unleash our best, most authentic selves. So thank you so much for subscribing to the show on iTunes, for taking a moment to give us a review on iTunes, and of course, for always using the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com for all your Amazon purchases. Uh, that is just a great, simple, and easy, and free way to uh, support our mission here. So thank you so much to everybody who has made a habit of that. So today, I'm coming at you from uh, the bustling metropolis that is Elkhart, Indiana. It's a little small town, not too far from South Bend. Yeah, baby. Uh, I'm on the third leg of this sort of four-city uh, little mini-tour. I was in Atlanta last weekend for the Food Equals Medicine Conference. Then I went down to Athens, Georgia. What a great town. I'd never been there before. Super cool uh, little college town there. I had the opportunity to give a talk to the University of Georgia varsity swim team, which was amazing. I always love meeting college swimmers. Uh, I did that in the afternoon. And then later that evening, I uh, gave a larger talk to the student body, which was fantastic. And now I'm here in Elkhart. But by the time you listen to this, uh, I'll probably be in Miami for the Seed Food and Wine Festival. Hopefully I'm going to meet some of you guys there. I've uh, been on the road for a little while. I really miss my family. I love the travel. It's hard to be away from my kids and my wife, uh, but I've met so many cool, super cool people, and I just want to thank everybody who made a point to come out and see me speak, hang out, shake my hand, take a selfie, uh, let me sign your book, and share a few words with you guys. Um, and it's funny because I keep thinking I have a grip on who the audience for this podcast is, you know, the demographic. Uh, but it's only when I travel that I realize that I have it all wrong because I'm meeting people from all walks of life, uh, blue collar, white collar, super fit to those dealing with disease or life crises, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, old, young. Uh, and it's, it's amazing to me to see how the podcast really um, is speaking to so many different kinds of people. It's just, and it's really cool to connect in person with all of you, uh, everybody who has been in some way uh, positively impacted by this show. So I just want to thank everybody for that. It means a lot to me. Uh, and it's what inspires me to work harder and be better, not just with the podcast, but 
in all aspects of my life. So today on the show, I've got Marco Borges. He is an exercise physiologist. Uh, he is a New York Times bestselling author. His book is called The 22-Day Revolution. Uh, and you might know this guy because he trains people like Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Pharrell. He's the guy who inspired Jay, I call him Jay, and Beyonce to adopt a plant-based approach to their lifestyle, and then ultimately partnered with them on his new company, which is also called 22 Days Nutrition. It's a plant-based nutrition products company and meal delivery service that delivers organic, plant-based, gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free meals to your doorstep. Uh, this is a great talk. It's a fun talk. Uh, and as always, I have a few more things I want to say about Marco, but first... We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor-fit, built-to-move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team. From increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by a very exciting brand new sponsor, Go Brewing. I am sober. I don't drink. And I devoted so many episodes of this podcast to the unreal benefits of an alcohol-free lifestyle. Why? Because even if you don't have issues with booze and suds, no amount of alcohol is good for you. At a minimum, it wreaks havoc on your sleep and produces a hangover that destroys your energy, your mood, and your focus. At worst, it turns your whole life upside down. But no longer does that mean you have to break up with your favorite brew because my pals at Go Brewing are making all your favorite brews, minus the alcohol, fewer calories, and more productive tomorrows. It's not every day that I get the privilege to witness the inception of a company collaborating with our podcast, but that's exactly what happened with Go Brewing. I'm gonna tell you this story. A few years back, I spoke at this event in Illinois, fittingly named Go, and it turns out that that very day catalyzed Joe, the founder, to start his own NA beer company, Go Brewing. I had no idea about any of this until I bumped into Joe at Jesse Itzler's Running Man event the other month in Georgia, and he shared this story with me I savored his fare in all its varieties and deeply moved by the mission and what he shared with me and just impressed with the insane taste and quality of his alcohol-free concoctions, 
I wanted to help share the discovery. Made with natural ingredients faithful to traditional beer styles, Go Brewing has an impressive lineup of delicious, small-batch, craft, alcohol-free brews, all without added sugar or artificial processing. My favorite is their double IPA, not just another story, but basically you just really can't go wrong because everything they make is brewed to perfection, worthy of trying yourself, which you can now do at gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com and use the code richroll for 15% off your first purchase. We're brought to you today by Birch. If you're serious about optimizing your sleep, listen up. I've spent countless hours researching and testing various methods to improve my nightly shut-eye, and I can confidently say that it all starts with a good foundation. And if your bed is old, if it's uncomfortable, lumpy, then your sleep inevitably is going to be impacted. So it's important to invest in a quality mattress, one that's insanely comfortable, that's organic, sustainably made, and that, my friends, is a birch mattress. Fair Trade and Rainforest Alliance certified with the finest quality organic natural materials like organic fair trade cotton. Birch mattresses are made with none of the toxic chemicals and off-gassing produced by most major brands. Kind of important not to be breathing that for a third of your life, I'd say. Plus, it's super luxurious. I've been sleeping on Birch for about five years, and I'd say it's the perfect ratio of soft to supportive. And the craftsmanship is just next level. I've got one in every room of my house. I love it. Pretty sure you will too. And right now, Birch is giving 20% off all mattresses and two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com slash richroll. That's 20% off and two free EcoRest pillows. Sleep better with Birch. Okay, today's show, Marco Borges. (laughs) In full disclosure... I gotta admit, I wasn't quite sure how this one was gonna go. I didn't know Marco. I'd never met Marco before. And perhaps, let's just say, I might have had a few judgments. Judgments based on nothing, really. I just saw a guy who is now very much in the media, a guy who somehow became the trainer for Jay-Z and Beyonce, and seems, with an emphasis on seems, to have leveraged that relationship into a book that sold like crazy and this really successful plant-based nutrition delivery service. I mean, how does that happen? How does that really work? But as they say, contempt prior to investigation is a recipe for ignorance. And I'm so happy and pleased to say that the guy that I met really defied my preconceived ideas about who he might be. And I'm just really delighted to discover that Marco is true blue. This guy is the real deal, at his core, truly passionate about just helping people, spreading a legit healthy message, and working his butt off to provide innovative exercise and nutrition programs, tools, and resources to help people, everyday people, get fit, healthy, and happy, and transform their lives for the better. So like I said, this is a fun and informative conversation about Marco's life and his most worthy mission. So let the magic begin. We just had the podcast, the epic podcast before the podcast, which I'm always trying to avoid, but I always fall into. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, it's unavoidable. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. Likewise, uh, man. It, it's, uh, it's cool that you could make this happen, man. I know you're a super busy guy. Thank you. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it with you, man. Your life's crazy right now. It's uh, what yeah. is it? What does a day in the life of Marco <laughs> yeah. Borges look like you're right seeing now? It, yeah, you know, we're in a beautiful hotel room in Beverly Hills, <laughs> so it's not so bad, right? But I know you're all over the place. Yeah, it's it's been fun. You know, we were just talking about you, you picking uh, what you're most passionate about in life and and being able to do it well. And uh, I'm just excited uh, to no end to know that this pendulum has started to swing and it's really picking up momentum Mm -hmm. and we're just right smack in the middle of it. And it's really exciting because every day you go out there and someone new is empowered with the information they need to be able to live the life they want, not just the one they're living, you know, so it Mm -hmm. makes you feel really good about what you do and the message you're putting out there on a daily basis. Yeah, well, it's definitely great. And the pendulum is swinging in the right direction. There's a lot of momentum and there's a lot of excitement. And, uh, and, 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 you know, a lot of people's lives are changing and improving, you know, so it's certainly gratifying in that regard, like to feel like you're contributing to something that's actually making a difference. So I know that you wake up every morning with that feeling, uh, but you've got four kids, right? Four kids. Back in Miami. Marco, Mateo, Maximo, and Mila. Uh Uh-huh. Mila's the youngest. Yeah. She's our baby girl. She's almost three months. Oh, so it's got to be hard to be away that much. It is. You know, people always ask me, isn't it tough to travel so much and to always be on the road? And to, and to be honest with you, it really isn't. Um, I love traveling. I love uh, meeting new people. I love experiencing mm-hmm. new things and, and, and learning new cultures. And I love to be on the road. I always dreamed of traveling when I was a kid and I never knew how I was going to do it. But it was one of those things that I guess I manifested because I really wanted it. But as a kid, I never went anywhere. So... Um, I love to travel, but the only difficult thing is being away from my family. I wish I could, you know, put them in a in an airstream and just travel the world with them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I lo- I mean, people say that to me all the time, like, oh, doesn't the travel wear you down? I'm like, I get energized from it. I love it. Like, I'm in the middle of, like, a big jag. Like, just got back from D.C. I'm going to Frankfurt, Paris, Boston. Then I'm going to Beirut, Lebanon. I'm right in the marathon there. Oh, nice. There. Then I'm going to be in Atlanta, uh, doing an event there and then University of Georgia, then South Bend, Indiana, and then going to Miami for the seed event. Yes. Right? You're going to be there, Absolutely, right? yeah. Are you speaking there or what? I'm, I'm just going to be enjoying the event. So uh, we'll, we'll be there. We'll have some presence there. And we, we are um, meeting with a lot of friends, making new friends, meeting, seeing old friends. So it's a, it's a great event. It's a, it's a, it was really fun last year. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm uh, waiting to see what they're going to pull off this yeah, year. Yeah, I can't wait. Like it, it looks like it's really shaping up to be something cool. So if, if people that are listening out there are in the Miami area, uh, come and check yeah, it out. Yeah, absolutely. Come it's join November, us. November, I forget the exact date. It's like uh, second or third. It's on my website. Just click on appearances there. But anyway, um, so what is it? I mean, look, this is, you, you've you've tread, you know, a long road past just being kind of like a personal trainer to, you know, being this crazy entrepreneur uh, who is at the tip of the spear of this, this movement, um, you know, with 22, 22 days nutrition and everything that you're doing in the book and all of that. And we're going to unpack all of that. But, um, you know, right now you're in LA, you're in Las Vegas, you're in New York. Like, what is the, what is that day in the life look like? Like, what is the, what is the kind of, um, typical experience, you know, that you're undertaking to, you know, be the CEO of this burgeoning, you know, nutrition company? Um, it's, it's, Every day is different. Every day is a, is, is a new day with a lot of with a whole new set of adventure to it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yesterday I was in Las Vegas for supply side, so I got to meet a bunch of my 
um, ingredient suppliers. I got to see a bunch of people. From what is the, Supply Side? Explain that. Supply Side is a, it's the world's largest uh, ingredient convention. Mm. So I get to meet all the guys that I'm buying ingredients for from the first time for the first time, or I get to see old friends. Uh, so people that I buy all my organic ingredients from um, all converge in right. Vegas for uh, <laughs> a couple of days. So Expo West could not exist without uh, Supply Side, exactly. right? Like exactly. Everybody who makes products for Expo West has to get their stuff from the guys. That- Somebody's going to Supply Side for <laughs> right. them. So I like to go there because I do all my own sourcing and, mm-hmm. and I love to meet um, you know, the people that bring the ingredients to me and I love to hear about how they're grown and, and um, um, you know, the whole process that goes into it because it, it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's We don't, uh, make any compromises whatsoever in making our products and and i i, I want to ensure that our uh, ingredient suppliers feel the same way about it as i do um so yesterday was supply side um today it's here you know working seeing you uh, right. today's a treat so i get to see you and, and hang out with you for an hour or so um but uh, every day is a new day of just trying to continue to spread the message uh working on a cookbook now and and uh nice. doing a lot of different things but it's it's all related to the same thing so while it may seem like i'm doing a million things in, in a bunch of different directions. The reality is, as I'm sure you feel on a daily basis, it's all very, very focused, extremely focused. While it may seem like it's super um, uh, fragmented, it really all is about the same thing. It's all mm-hmm. about empowering people with the tools they need to live a healthier life. When you see um, how people feel, last week we shot um, uh, we shot uh, the Steve Harvey show. Um, oh, cool. And we got to bring a couple of people with us that had, you know, transform their lives uh, with a plant-based or with our program uh, by adopting a plant-based diet. And when you see how people change their lives and how they can take control of their actions and become much more conscious about what they're putting into their body, how they just start to change and how it starts to affect not just them, but the people around them, their family, their kids, their friends, the people they work with. And it just starts to, it's like um, touching uh, um, a piece of white linen with the tip of a pen Hmm. And you see the ink just start to spread out onto that, you know, linen. And you realize that it's very impactful. It's not just that one person. And what's cool is that someone is empowering themselves. And a lot of times it starts off with something super selfish. Like they look in the mirror and they're like, man, I look like crap. I want to feel better about myself. Yeah. Right. And, um, and it's that first symptom or that they get to see or that they're constantly reminded of, which is that carrying around a lot of weight, that excess weight. And then that sort of selfish action turns into something really selfless because they start to become more conscious about what they're doing to themselves and they start to feel better about themselves and then they realize that they're living a cruelty-free lifestyle and then they realize all of the other things that they didn't know we we sort of Mm -hmm. touched on it before but you start to realize how much of an impact the things that you do affect not just you but the people around you Mm -hmm. um, and the world around us and i think that we live in a world that's pretty scary these days and it's really angry um and there's a lot of violence and, and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to you know be happening and and when you know that you're part of something that just makes people happier right and it makes the people around them happier just makes you you know really excited it's a beautiful thing i mean it's almost like it starts with with uh you know solving the equation of of you know one plus one doesn't equal two it equals five uh and when you can put help somebody put that together i mean that was my experience of like just realizing like oh like what i eat actually doesn't just impact like how i feel and my health but 
it's changing my consciousness. And that shift in my consciousness is impacting absolutely everything about my life experience from the way that I interact with people, from the, you know, the decisions that I make about how to spend my time and that, you know, literally the energy that you're putting out into the world uh, in, in, in the most micro sense and also in the most macro sense. So it really is that ink plot just spreading out exponentially. It's crazy. And then when you work with someone else and you see that happening with them, it's the coolest thing. Right? It is so yeah. gratifying, so gratifying. I remember being in school, and uh, the you know dean of my college says to me, uh, "Wait, I'd gone in to change majors, right? Mm. So I was um, I was a pre med uh, biology major, and then so I was I, yeah." <laughs> and then I, I, too. Go ahead. Yeah. then I go in and I'm like uh Dr. Lopez I um I want to pick up uh, another degree maybe like an exercise phys or something and he's like why would you do that and I'm like well I'm not so sure I want to go to med school anymore I mean medicine I'm looking and I'm everything I'm seeing is super reactive and I'm a really proactive person just my nature is I'm just not a reactive person um and I don't think I'd be happy um so I, I want to perhaps keep people from getting sick rather than treat them once they're already ill. It's a lot easier to keep someone healthy than it is to get them to recover. And then he looked at me and was like, I don't know if that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're probably not going to make a lot of money and you're going to be working in a lab somewhere or working with you know, rehab patients somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, I have an idea. that I want to do something different. Um, and that different was that, you know, sort of that spark that created that fuel in me to want to be the difference um, that I wanted to see in the world. I right. just thought people would be so much happier if they were empowered with health. And it started off sort of in the fitness space. Um, and I went and became a trainer. And then eventually I opened up my first gym and then grew that. Um, and then through doing all of that, I realized that fitness was just but a small component of the really big picture, which was multifactorial. Mm-hmm. So let's unpack that a little bit. I mean, did, was all this unfolding in Florida? Is that where you grew up and, and went to school? Yeah, born and raised in Miami. Born, my parents okay. are Cuban. They uh-huh. came from Cuba in the late 50s. Oh, wow. Um, so my mom came as a kid. Um, she, I think she was seven when she came to Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was born and raised there. And, and yeah, I went to grade school there, went to high school there, went to right. college. Right, right, right. And so, all right, so you start off as a trainer in a gym, but then, you know, you have this you must have this sort of inbred uh, entrepreneurial streak about you because you turned that into like you owned like a, like a chain of, of gyms, right? I don't know if you still do. Is that? Yeah, I sold it off, but yeah, but you know, it was more of a, um, I wanted to do something that didn't exist and and it wasn't really there. And I've never been one to allow people uh, to, to define me uh, with their paralysis, right? So you know how a lot of people don't think they could do something and then they're Mm -hmm. like, because they don't think they could do it. They don't want you to think you could do it. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know, I've never, I have no idea. What you're about. <laughs> you know that <laughs> you know that expression is so common, and I really think that it's so untrue. With you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, which is, I think people get that stuck in their psyche, and they think that they have to do one thing. They can only be great at one thing, mm-hmm. and I think it's such a crock because the truth is, you could be great at as many things as you want to be great at. It just takes focus, um, and uh, when I when I jumped into training, um, I, I remember going to a club and I basically walked in and said, you guys need to hire me because I know you're, you're hurting. It was a Fisher Island um, in Florida. You, you've heard mm-hmm. of Fisher Island. Yeah. So um, I went there and I said, I know you guys are doing really bad, but I can turn this place around. I can create a personal training program for you guys and I can, I can help you out. I, I have a lot of really great ideas and we can do some really exciting things here. Um, they must have seen something in me because I started the next day at six in the morning and then that created... Um, an opportunity for me 
uh, to do some really exciting things. And I, you know, I went from like a club that was very much just a gym to me taking people kayaking on the island and doing things that no one was thinking about, right. but it was right there in front of them. Like I right. thought you live on an island. Why not use the water? Right. So why not do things outside? So I started doing that and then I got invited to come out here. Uh, by Johnny G and his crew to oh, wow. to come and see this program. These guys that were training for Ram, you know, race across mm-hmm. America, were, tr- were training inside of a garage, and they wanted me to see this program that that was going to revolutionize fitness. And I came out and I fell in love with it, and it was spinning. Yeah, so I went back to Miami, and I was like, I've got to figure out a way to open up a gym. I've got to do it. I went back to Fisher, and I said, You guys have to buy me fifty bikes. We've got to. They were like, Fifty bikes? Are you crazy? Where, where are you going to put fifty bikes? That'll never work. Uh, cycling inside of a room, people mm-hmm. cycle outside. That doesn't make any sense um and i was like please 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 you gotta do it you gotta do it they're like all right we'll buy you six bikes for one for you and five for the uh you know for the residents of the island and for the members and i was like it's not gonna work guys it's really not gonna work they're right. like yeah but everything you've tr- asked us for you, we've given this? you 94 right okay um so i had already asked for kayaking they'd said no so i went out and bought two kayaks on my own and i put them on the island it became a huge hit mm-hmm. i'd said let it, let me go cycling with the people on the island they said no so i went out and bought two bikes and i started biking with everybody on the island and i just started doing things on my own and they were like this guy's on a streak but maybe this is the one thing that's not going to work because mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it's going to work so they were a little reluctant um but they did they bought six bikes and then the first day it was you can imagine right 10 people show up for a class with five bikes and they're like what the hell why didn't you guys think of this? Right, right, so I was right, like, right. okay, I've got to do something. This is going to be really hot. So I went and basically I, I saved up as much money as I could in a very short period of time. Helped a friend paint murals at night. Um, worked during the day, went to school. And um, you know, three, four months later, I went and opened the first uh, freestanding spinning studio in Florida. Oh, you did? Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. What was it called? M-Cycle. M-Cycle? Yeah. Wow. I feel like uh, like gym culture in Miami kind of set the tone I don't know if it still does, but it, there was that period of time in the '90s, like with David Barton. Yeah. Like he opened, didn't he? He was at the de- he had his gym at the yeah. Delano, and and it was a cool so spot. It was like he was one of the first guys to make like the gym like sexy and fashionable. And then Miami kind of that was at the same time that like South Beach was starting to emerge as like this destination place, and so a whole culture was created around there that kind of. Um, you know, set the stage or the tone for the rest of the country. I mean, meanwhile, like Johnny G or whatever is doing his thing out here in LA, but I feel like there was a lot of attention on Miami and that whole kind of like fitness culture that spilled out across America. So there was you were right there in the middle of that. Yeah, there was. And you got to remember that at that time, it was like the the beginning of the supermodel era and they mm-hmm. were all on South Beach. That's right. So you had all the models flocking to the beach at, you know, any given point in time during the year. And um, there was a lot of really cool clubs, a lot of really that was when the gym became a club, not just a gym, not just like a muscle head place, but a really cool place to hang out. It was like Equinox before Equinox. Right. right. <laughs> and we had like three or four of those, uh-huh. um, you know, just all over Miami, which is a lot of fun. And it was great to watch because yeah, I was Equinox living. Equinox would not it would not be what it is without what was going on in Miami at that time. I think I agree. Yeah, interesting. So uh, at the same time, like there was like this uh, dovetailing of party culture with gym culture too, right? It was all like one thing. Like if you were, I haven't been to South Beach in a while. I'm coming in in November soon, but uh, I mean, I remember. I think you know around that time you would go and it didn't feel like you were in America. Like you felt like you were in it still does. Yeah, South America. So, you know, it's like, this is not the United States. The way people, were, I mean, it was a totally different cultural experience of being there. Yeah. They say the best thing about Miami is that it's so close to the U S. <laughs> yeah, right? 
So you parlay that one spinning studio into like a little mini gym empire. Or is that how it goes? Or yeah. So then, um, I you know we fortunately I I think it was just a, a a series of serendipitous events. I opened the club. Don't have a dollar in the bank. I've got to make it work. I've mm-hmm. spent every dollar, right? So there was no business plan. There was just no no planning. I just needed to get this place open. You're so. a hustler, though. Yeah. So I, so I, I open the doors. I don't have a receptionist. So basically, you can imagine this, right? Envision me opening the door, letting all the people in, signing everybody up, taking their money, putting them on the bike, teaching a class, getting off the bike, going, open the door, saying mm-hmm. goodbye to everyone, letting the new crowd right. in, and doing that eight times back to back to back to back. So it was a little bit of, there's a crazy guy teaching eight classes back to back, which one of the classes will knock you out. So part of it was, you got to see this guy. It's, he's a freak. Just go mm-hmm. check it out. So the word spread really quickly and people were really enjoying the music. And it was the first time that people were in a setting that wasn't uh, intimidating and that back then it was a lot of step aerobics and you couldn't just go to a class because if you walked into a class in Miami, it was like a cult, right? So everyone knew all the steps and if you didn't do the steps right, they wanted to like throw you out the gym because you were in someone else's space. It's not very democratic. Yeah. So so this is the first time that people are like, oh, I could do that. I'm sitting on a bike and I'm just pedaling. I could do that. That's easy. And it was a lot less intimidating so it brought down a lot of walls and guys for the first time were like, it's not girly or it's something that I love to do or that I already enjoy doing. And we had this really big um, tri-geek community in South Florida, particularly in Miami, in the area that I opened. And they all started you know, coming and they were like, man, this is awesome. This is great training because it rains a lot. And sometimes right. it's not easy to ride outside. So they were like, I'll come and you know, put an hour's work, whatever. So um, the, the word got around and really quickly we, we developed a really incredible following. We had 65 bikes, I think. Wow. Um, and there was like 10, 15 people waiting in every class. So, so the, all of my friends started hearing about what I was doing. And then a lot of developers that I knew in the area were like, uh, you're the smallest gym in town and you're doing a lot of business and you're really, there's a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other week there was a write-up or something. So it, w- it became a really fun process and, and I wasn't looking at it as, you know, this is going to be the launching pad. I was just having a great time. I was a kid who was right. just looking at this like. Yeah, like how I, old are you at this time? Um, when I opened the doors, I was 22, uh-huh. I think I was. Um, so You're teaching every class? Yeah, I was teaching every <laughs> class. <laughs> It was it was so much honestly so much fun. I look back, people are like, "Wasn't it scary? Weren't you worried?" Was and the truth is, I really wasn't. I mean, I really, really wasn't scared at all. I was so excited to be able to do what I love to do. And to me, it was like, if it lasts a week, it's super cool. If it lasts a month, it's great. So I got some developers to come into the gym and say, "Man, we love what you've created here. This is a really cool culture. Can you come and build it at one of our buildings?" And there were a lot of buildings popping up around Miami. Like they started to build out South Beach, like south of Fifth Street, and they were starting mm-hmm. to build out Sunny Isles. And a lot, a lot was happening. And um, I thought, yeah, this could be fun. What would you like me to do? And they're like, well, we'd love for you to come in and just design the whole place and just keep the club, just you know, run it, do whatever needs to be done. Um, so I thought, wow, this is really exciting. You know, people are enjoying what I'm doing. So um, I developed like a management company from one day to the next. And right, so they're kind of like spots. so the like on a business level, the idea is they underwrite it, but you still have autonomy to do whatever you want, and it's like your place and your brand. Exactly. Like yeah, it's good. So yeah. that's kind of like how it, is that how it works mostly when you have these 
um, sort of name brand gyms in these fancy hotels or or like these, uh, you know, restaurants that are kind of chef driven in, you know, casinos or what have you? Is that w the way those deals work? Um, I don't I can't speak to every deal, but I've seen that there's a lot of times where there are subsidies to have really great um, services. So like if a hotel has, I don't know, pick a, an Equinox inside of mm -hmm. it, there's some really sweet deal that keeps them there, right? Because there's, right. there's just not enough business for it to make sense for them to be there on their own, right, especially right, if right. they don't allow memberships. Yeah, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't choose to be there if they were just canvassing where to have their next location. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it presents a great opportunity because the hotel gets to have a really great brand and then the gym owner gets to have a really great hotel to call their home. So it's, it's, I think it's a win-win for everyone. Um, and, uh, and it was sort of that to me, um, uh, right. it gave me an opportunity to have multiple locations and to do something much bigger. Uh, and, to, and then I got my uh, foot into South Beach and, and um, we opened the club on South Beach. And uh, um, I remember meeting with a developer. They were like, you know what? We want to have the coolest, the most uh, um, different, unique space that there has ever been. And I was like, well, yeah, if you want to be different, you have to have the gym outside of the building. It can't just be another, you know, take an apartment and just make a gym out of it. Let's mm -hmm. build like a really cool freestanding building. Let's make it three stories. Let's put a pool in there. Let's make it just really. And they're like, whatever you want. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? Whatever uh -huh. I want? They're like, yeah, design it. So I went into the architect's office and I sat with the art architects for months and we designed like the cool, it's still the coolest freestanding space in South Beach. So it's still there? Yeah. What's it called? It, well, it was called the Sporting Club when so, I had uh, it. Um, it's the Continuum. Right. It's the, the, I have to go check it out. Yeah, it's really cool. Where, I'll, I'll where bring you by. It's the southern, southern tip of the beach. So it, you can't go any further south. If you went any further south, you'd be leaving the gotcha, states basically. Gotcha. So yeah, really cool location. You know, rooftop pool, just really incredible movement spaces and uh -huh. uh, weight room. Just a really great, uh, really great environment. So did that just blow things up for you? That got built and everything. yeah, sort sort of. Well, You're like the guy. You're like the guy in South Beach. Well, nah, not really. You know, it was more more along the lines of, I really love what I do, um, and I was in a space where I think that um, a lot of people go into training because sometimes they don't know what they want to do, and they're kind of like transitioning, and and it's it's uh, sort of transient. Um, and the kind of people that um, move in and out of the space all the time. And I really just wanted from day one to help people be healthier. I, like, I feel like I was put on this planet to help people, period, just to help them. Whether it's uh, help them you know, bring something upstairs or, or help them be the best version of themselves. And I just chose to make it you know, uh, be the best version of them. And um, in doing what I was doing, people realized that I wasn't just... Um, you know, one of those weekend certification trainers and that I was doing a lot more for the space. And um, having been armed with, you know, tools that were really unique in what I was doing, I was able to help athletes do um, recover and, and, you know, train harder for the next season. Um, and through word of mouth, people just started asking, you know, more and more about me. And um, I got really lucky. Right. And so were you working during this period of time, are you working one-on-one -on -one with people doing the, doing yeah. the, doing the training? Right. So you're, you're, you're sort of running this like series of gyms, but you're also still hands-on with individuals. What was there, what I really wanted to do, right. Was uh -huh. to work with people. It wasn't so much that I, like you could have easily sort of transitioned into suddenly you're a guy who manages people. As yeah. Opposed to and I didn't, what got you into it. In the beginning. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Cause it, I don't think it's in me. Like I'm not a micromanager. 
Um, I love to manage myself and my time really well, but I, I never really wanted to manage like, you know, 500 people or anything like that. I just wanted to do what I was really excited about, which was getting in the gym, getting, you know, to do stuff with people that were a lot of fun. But and how's that working now? Yeah. <laughs> you know? You'd be surprised. Uh, uh, you know, I'm still to today, I'm not a micromanager. I just can't, uh, I can't do it. I just surround myself with really great people who are super talented and really bright and get my vision. Is there like a, a headquarter office? Or, yeah, in Miami. Yeah, you'll come, oh, when, okay. when you get to Miami, uh, yeah. hopefully you'll stop by and, and visit us. So I'm, I'm really fortunate that I have a really great team around me and um, they get the vision, they get what it is that I'm trying to accomplish and we all have a common goal, right? So it, it makes it a lot easier and a lot more fun for me. Cool. Uh, so when does the whole plant-based nutrition thing start to enter your consciousness? Um, I was, uh, at a certain point, I started traveling a lot um, and I was finding myself on the road all the time and I had already moved into a plant-based diet. Um, so I'd slowly been transitioning, not... And uh, what, what catalyzed that? Like what was your sort of, you know... Well, I had, tree I had a, I had a, a, my first moment was when I was like in, uh, when I was in fifth grade, exactly. I remember as if it was yesterday, um, I went to a, we would go to a Cuban bakery every morning for breakfast and my mom was a, a single parent and, and would mm. drive my brother and I to a bakery and we would buy like these little pastries, these little Cuban pastries that came in like this little plastic wrapping. And I remember eating one one morning and I was never really a big chocolate guy but for some reason I chose a chocolate one that morning and by the time I got to school I started to itch my arms were itchy and my chest was itchy but I just I didn't think anything of it Mm -hmm. and um like two hours into school I had like hives all over my arms and my chest and my neck and I went to the bathroom I'm like oh my god what's happening to me I went to the nurse and she's like well it looks like you might have had some kind of a reaction to something that you ate and I was like, man, I knew it. That stuff, it, it can't be good for you. Right. You know, it's junk. I was 10 years old. Um, so I was just like, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm just not going to eat that stuff anymore. And then the next day, my mom was like, you're not going to eat anything? I was like, nah, I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. And I skipped breakfast. And like a week later, I'm running in PE. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know what happens. And I open my eyes. And I'm like on the grass facing the sun. And I passed out. And some guy walks up, walks by and is like, dude, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, what happened? He's like, you just passed out. I was like, okay. Second aha moment. I was like, all right, I can't eat junk, but I've got to eat something. Mm-hmm. So then that curiosity just is like a little spark inside of me. I was like, okay, I got to I gotta figure out a way to learn this stuff. And obviously back then there was no internet, so I had to figure out how to get the right books and how to mm-hmm. get my hands on the right things. Microfiche. Yeah, microfiche. <laughs> <laughs> Library time. Um, so then I just started researching. And at that point in time, it sounds crazy, but I just wanted to learn more about what I can put into my body to make myself feel better. And, and I, at a very early age, became very conscious of what I was putting into my body. Fast forward a bunch of years. Um, I was always tweaking and tweaking and tweaking to get to the point where it wasn't about, you know trying to live a cruelty-free life. I'm not going to lie. There was no altruistic you know, condition or reasoning behind it. It was just me wanting to be the best version of me. Mm-hmm. So I gave up milk, um, all dairy, uh, when I was like in, uh, I don't know, high, some before high school, like junior oh. high, because I knew that I just always had a stomach ache. My whole life, I... I remember my entire childhood always having a stomach ache. Like literally, I was the kid in the in the car, mommy, I have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, anywhere we'd go, I have to go to the bathroom, I have to go. And it was just, it was weird because you're not supposed to feel that way. Right. And as a kid, I knew that there was something wrong because why should you always have a stomach ache? That doesn't make sense. Um, then I gave up milk on my own and realized that the stomach aches completely went away. 
Wow, it's amazing. And it removed all dairy from my life. And then, do you think you're lactose intolerant, or just had some kind of you know? I think I'm dairy intolerant. Yeah. I think everyone is, by the way. Yeah. I don't think I'm the only one. But I was just it doesn't it didn't agree with my digestive tract and my digestive system. So I just did away with it, and I felt better. And then that was just a one one of the steps in a continuous journey on tweaking and tweaking and tweaking my life. And um, right around uh, the time when I got married. Um, I decided to go. I was like, I'm going all the way in. And then before my first son was born, I was like, I want to go completely plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was traveling a lot. And I was always in the road. Um, and I was looking uh, for products um, that I could take along with me. And then I was like, oh, this is great. And then I realized that a lot of the stuff that you find on shelves is like, you know, they reverse engineer the stuff, right? So it's all formulated for label copy, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it says, you know, vegan on the front and then you turn it around and it's all like brown rice syrup or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever. Um, and I just was frustrated and I thought somebody should do something better. And then at that moment in time, I was like, I could do something better. Mm-hmm. And I just was always very curious. So I thought to myself, I could make some stuff at home and start you know, sharing with my friends and my family members. And I did that. And I, by that point in time, I'd already moved into a hundred percent plant-based diet. Um, and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, it was just fun for me to learn something new every day and then to be able to play with ingredients and then to be able to learn where they came from and what I was. And then the more you learn, the more, you know, the more you want to know, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you know, better, you do better. So you, I just wanted to learn more and my appetite just kept growing and growing, and growing, pun intended. And uh, I just was really, um, you know, just like super curious about nutrition as a whole. Right. But the, the, so the decision that when you went fully plant-based, that was like what, like 10 years ago or something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, was there some books that you read? What was the research or kind of the mental calculus of making that leap? Because as somebody who, you know, owns this chain of gyms and is a trainer and, and in Miami beach, which is very much like a muscle culture, you know, there's a lot of beefy dudes at the gym, you know, like for, for like a well-known, well-respected trainer to go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be plant-based now. I mean, that's pretty iconoclastic, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I go that far, but I just, you know, I was, um, I've, I've never made a decision based on what someone else wants me to do. I've never, I've just never been that guy. I just do my own thing. I, 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 Mm -hmm. I, I'm very, um, uh, there's a process that goes on inside of me and, and I'm a, big time researcher so I just kept looking and everywhere I looked all the arrows were pointing in the right direction all the studies were coming out you know if you consume X amount of meat you increase your chances of cancer if you stop consuming animal products you not only decrease but you can slow and even reverse heart disease you look at the blue zone studies you look at the China study you look at all the stuff that was out there and it was all already it was already there Mm -hmm. it wasn't as as prevalent or as popular as it is today but it was already there Mm -hmm. And for, you know, the only regret I have is that I didn't do it sooner because I just, I I guess I was busy, you know, doing other things and I wasn't really focused on it. But I think that that should be our number one focus to be the best versions of ourselves because Mm -hmm. it's not until you are the best version of you that you can give the best of you to someone else. That's the theme of this podcast. That's it, man. Unlocking (laughs) the most authentic, best version of yourself, man. And uh, I always say, you know, it begins, it begins with what you put on your plate, but that's really the first step. Like you got to go beyond the kale, right? And so for me and my experience, and I I believe this was your experience as well, when you start to make that shift, 
um, it changes your consciousness, right? And it takes you on this journey, and suddenly you're starting to get interested in things you didn't think that you were interested in before. You know, like living a cruelty-free lifestyle or being concerned about, <clears throat> you know, your 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 carbon footprint or you know how green your choices. Like all these things that kind of come with it. You're like. Ugh. Now I care about that. I didn't used to care about that. Life was a little easier when I didn't care about I, that I, stuff. But uh, you know what I mean? But it's a beautiful journey. Yeah. And it, I don't think that that people purposely want to live, um, you know, a life full of cruelty or, no. you know, or, or, or necessarily want to, you know, add more, um, you know, greenhouse gases, to, you know, to the earth. But there's something that happens that you don't realize um, while you're going through this process that you become more conscious and then it's not until you become more conscious that you can actually see what's in front of you, mm -hmm. what you can see, what you do. And, you know, I was the guy that, you know, I, I've always been, um, um, I, I'm, I just, I like to be kind to people. I'm always happy and I just like to be kind to people in general, whether I know them or don't. I like to say hi to everyone and I, I'm just really friendly. I love people. Um, but I never wanted to look at like, you know, PETA videos or animal cruelty videos. I was like, ah, I don't want to see that. Right. But not seeing it keeps you ignorant to what's going on. And it's not until you see it that you can understand that you can be a part of it. You can either fuel it or you could stop it, mm -hmm. right? So you can help be, uh, um, you know, the cause or the cure, right? So it wasn't until I started to really immerse myself in all aspects of it that I realized that, wow, not only am I feeling better about myself, I'm, I'm reducing my risk of a lot of the diseases that a lot of minorities, Cubans, you know, Hispanics have, um, uh, people in general in the U.S. I mean, the fact that heart disease is still the number one killer in 2015, but we can call someone like, here you go. My son is calling me on FaceTime right, right now as, as I'm saying this to you, yeah. right? And, and this is like surreal that this could happen, but we still manage to kill ourselves by our lifestyle choices yeah. that makes no sense to me whatsoever and i think that we need to do everything in our power to continue to educate people to show them that there's a better way because when people don't feel great about themselves they're just not great period i mean it's that simple well there's a lack of empowerment too and a lack of education as well i think that most people think that they're just predestined to have these illnesses. And we kind of, as a culture, have acclimated to that. So it's like when, you know, you know, you have a friend who goes in for a stent. It's just like, oh, yeah, you got a stent. Like, that's what you do. Or, you know, well, I'm just genetically predisposed, predisposed to high blood pressure and all these sorts of things. And the, tr the truth is, no, you're not. Like, maybe you have a genetic predisposition to it. But how you're moving your body and the foods that you're putting into it have a massive impact on the expression of that genetic predisposition or not, right? And so it's about helping people understand that they have a lot more control over these things than we've sort of been, you know, led to believe, right? Because we just don't think, oh, well, just, you, know, you just see people, when your consciousness starts to expand, you start to see how, how easily manipulated we are as human beings, that if you just... Like I was in Las Vegas, I told the story before, but it's like, oh, you create this box that like 
chimes bells and and has flashing lights and and makes a noise that coins come out of it and you can get somebody to sit there all day and feed money into it you know like we're 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 pretty primal beings that are you know with give us a few little things and we'll just we'll just lead wherever you want us to go and it's about stopping and saying let's look at this objectively like what are we doing how are we investing our time and our money and our energy and is this making us healthier and happier or or the reverse yeah, the uh, great Dr. Dean Ornish says it best. Our genes are not our destiny. Yeah. I just was in um, uh, Washington, D.C., and I interviewed this wonderful doctor, uh, Dr. Robin Schutkan. Do you know Robin? She's an expert in the microbiome. And the stuff that's going on in the research of the microbiome Insane. is so mind-blowing. You know, it's crazy. And how much impact that has on our moods, our decision-making, our... our uh, our cravings, like all these sorts of things are impacted by the nature of our, our gut flora. And that extends to, you know, the expression of genetic predispositions as well. Like, so the science that's going on there is crazy, but the truth is still that, you know, if you treat yourself right, that you don't have to become one of these statistics that is, you know, plaguing our country and killing us by the millions. So true. So true. And hence why what you do is so important. And, and so powerful, and, and yourself as well. But, but I mean, so how does this? So you, so you have this. Uh, your son's calling you. Do you have to? T- do you have to talk to him? No, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, no, I just, I just turned it off. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so you have this. Uh, you make this transition to a 100% plant based diet. Are you? Is this just your journey, or do you get to a place where you're like, I want to share this? Like, I think this could be helpful to the people that I'm working with you know, my clients and, and, you know, the people in the gym, or is this, you're just thinking of this as your own thing? No, I, you know, I, I had read so much and I knew enough to know that I wanted to share it, that it needed to be shared, but uh, I didn't want to preach it. I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to live it first. I wanted to walk the walk. And uh, I always say that your kids don't learn from what you tell them, they learn from what you show them. So I wanted to be able to show people. Um, and did you, was there, was there a fear at all, like any reluctance, like, well, I'm going to do this because I know that, you know, all the studies show that this is in my best interest in terms of long-term health and longevity and disease prevention. But as a guy who has to, you know, walk the floor at his gym and look fit, did you feel like, well, I might not be able to be as strong or, you know, physically do the thing? Like, was there any of that, like, protein myth stuff swimming around in your mind that you felt like you had to overcome? Or were you like, "Uh, I'm not even worried about that? No, yeah, not at all. It wasn't even a second thought. Mm -hmm. Um, I just knew that it was the, I knew at that point in time, I knew it was the right thing to do. I knew it would be best for me. But I was excited about being able to show people that I wasn't going to change physically, right? Mm -hmm. Or, Or on a uh, on an athletic performance right, level. Right, it's not going to suddenly, you're not going to like lose all this weight and suddenly look spindly. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I literally have weighed the same exact weight since I was 18 years old. I'm 43. Mm-hmm. I've weighed 152 pounds um, since I was 18. So uh, it hasn't changed at all one bit. Um, I didn't lose any muscle mass, contrary to popular belief. Um, I can still bench what I benched when I was 18. I mm-hmm. still run as fast. I could still, yeah. And, and the beauty is that um, I don't feel any overuse uh, pains. I don't, I, I rarely, rarely feel sore. I mean, I really have to go into the gym and really crush myself to be able to feel sore because my body just recovers a lot faster. Not that I didn't feel great before. I just felt extra good um, when I went this way. 
that's the thing that always gets me. And that was the biggest thing that I experienced when I made this shift. I was able to just, you know, work out really hard and bounce back so much more quickly uh, than I was used to. It was an amazing thing. So, you know, people always say, oh, you did these crazy ultra endurance races. Like, do you think you would have done better if you were on a paleo diet? I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I think that eating plant-based is actually like the secret weapon. It allowed me to, uh, you know, train harder, push myself, you know, harder, longer, uh, without, with less risk of getting injured or overtraining or getting sick and, and, and thus allowing me to have a much more efficient training season in which I could pack in, you know, the sort of the maximum impact of training in a, in a shorter period of time. Yeah. And I think that that's where the magic really is because yeah, sure. Everyone wants to reduce the risk of disease, but it's not until you're sick that you really think about that. No one ever really thinks about that on a daily basis, but they think about being tired. They think about being overweight. They think about the way that they sleep. They think about their energy levels throughout the day. I have a friend that just, um, his daughter just started school and he says to me the other day, man, this school life. And I was like, school life what? And he's like, you just, you're, you're like wiped by like, you know, five o'clock because you just get up earlier. Does that ever happen to you? And I was like, no. He's mm-hmm. like, no. And I'm like, no. He's like, when do you get tired? And I'm like, well, I don't really get tired. I mean, I really don't. Um, it's the truth. I mean, I hate to have to say it, but the reality is I just, I never feel tired because I sleep so well. I sleep really well. Um, I don't toss and turn, you know, um, I'm fortunate, I guess, but, but I think a lot of it has to do with the way that I live my life and what I put into my body, how I, how I choose to fuel myself. And that's what I think gets most people because people are like, well, I started trying it, these testimonials that are coming up every day now they're like you know the biggest thing is that i'm sleeping better my energy levels are are constant throughout the day i'm not having these lows after lunch um i'm I'm just feeling great about myself throughout the weekend on the weekends i don't feel like i have to be sitting in a couch recovering from a week's worth of work i want to get out i want to do things and that's what i think more more people um would enjoy knowing Mm -hmm. that are thinking about a plant-based lifestyle right so it's not the people that are reliving it we already know what we feel like it's the people that aren't living it that you're like but wait because sometimes people are like whoa you know you got to die of something so but what about living a fuller richer life every day but the thing that that has to be overcome is this idea that if you're going to adopt this lifestyle that it's deprivation oriented like that you're giving up all of these things right as as and, and as you know and as i know you're actually you're gaining so much that I don't look at it as deprivation-oriented at all, but I think the average person does, right? They're thinking, well, life's not worth living if I can't have my steak or my cheeseburger or, or what have you. So when you're working with people, like how do you address that issue? Um, I don't, yeah, I, I have a very similar thought process to that. It, to me, the way I look at it is I've never eaten so many different types of foods as when I went completely plant-based. So I think your, your taste buds and your um, desire for food changes, the healthier and the cleaner you eat. Um, people always ask me, well, what's your cheat? I'm like, well, I mean, I really enjoy whatever. I'll come up with something that I really like. Um, and they're like, that's not a cheat, man. Come on, give me what your cheat really is. I'm like, well, I'm being honest with you. I mean, I don't crave a uh, Philly steak sandwich. or I, That's not just in me. I just don't. I look at it and I get disgusted because I just know what it what it does. And to me, food is fuel. While I love it and I'm a foodie at heart and I love great, I mean, I really love great food. And a lot of times people find it difficult to believe that you could be plant-based and really, really love food and appreciate food. I appreciate 
the food not just for what it tastes like, but f- where it comes from, how it's prepared, and what it's going to do for me. Mm-hmm. All of the things combined. So it's not just about what it's going to taste like, you know, the 30 seconds that I'm eating it. I want to know what I'm going to feel like 30 seconds after I finished eating it and how I'm going to feel the next day and what it's going to do inside my body. And then once you start to wrap your head around all of that, your taste changes. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Yeah. It, it, people don't believe that, but it's true, right? Like people have a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that your cravings could change. And, you know, I know from my conversation with Robin that your cravings are going to change just because the microbiology in your gut is going to change. And that's what is dictating a lot of your your cravings. Like the the flora in there needs to feed on whatever it is that you've been eating. And that's what, what you're going to desire. So you have to weather the discomfort of breaking an old habit. And that's what we're going to get into the 22-day thing. Um, and there's no way around that, but like, get over yourself, like just get through that and you can get to the other side. And there's this freedom that is almost inexplicable. Yeah. It's, I, I like to, to always make little, uh, analogies comparing food to, to money. Right. So like, it's cool to spend every single dime that comes into your you know pocket, um, right up until the end of the month comes. Right. And then you realize that you may not have all the money you need to be able to pay for all your bills and and to be able to take care of the things that are really, you know, primal necessities, right? So um, it's not until you develop a habit around saving money and not spending it all that you really can feel great. And you feel even greater knowing that you're not going to be in trouble at the end of every single month, that you're not going to be living check to check every single week, that you have a little bit of a cushion where you, if something goes wrong, you're going to be okay. Um, Then you realize that living on the edge and what you thought was really awesome was really reckless. And um, it's not until you can see those things that you understand why it is so important for you to take control of your health because it's the only area of our lives where we have so much autonomy, right? Like Mm -hmm. we do what we do really well, but tomorrow someone could say, hey man, I'm not buying your next book or I'm not you know, doing X, Y, or Z. And it doesn't matter how much love and how much effort you put into it. Maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe, maybe you have an accounting job and tomorrow, you know, you've been on time every day for the last 35 years and tomorrow there's cutbacks and they say to you, hey, Bob, um, sorry, we've got to let you go. And it just happens. You're not in control of that. But your health, you're almost completely in control of. We already know that. I mean, and, and, and science has proven without a shadow of a doubt that how you live your life greatly affects how you feel and your disease or lack thereof as you get older. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So that's a beautiful testimony, you know, just the empowerment alone that's, that's sort of packed into that is, is, uh, is really powerful, I think, you know. And, and so the, the, the challenge is trying to get people not only to understand that, but then to implement that, right? I think it's easy to, you know, you can give people the information, but actually getting that to translate into action that then becomes a sustainable habit is that's the hard, that's where the hard work is. Right. So, you know, before we even get into like 22 days and, and everything that you're doing with that, like what is the approach that you take with clients to try to help them, you know, break a lifetime of old habits, whether it's around food or or. Um, or, you know, movement, exercise, et cetera? I mean, are there certain tools that you kind of rely on to uh, help people kind of get over that hump? Yeah, I'm a big believer in Kaizen. 
which is the, the Japanese word for continuous self-improvement, right? So um, there's a little um, story I like to tell. I, imagine there's a guy um, that's in charge of um, keeping bathrooms neatly uh, um, uh, clean in uh, some big hotel, right? And he walks in the door and he realizes that there's paper towels thrown all over the door because people wash their hands and then they don't want to touch the door. So on their way out, they grab a paper towel, they open the door and then they just toss it near the door because there's nowhere mm-hmm. to put it. So because he practices Kaizen, he's like, oh, I can fix this. I'm going to put a garbage can next to the door so that when someone opens the door with a towel, paper towel, because they're going to keep doing it, um, we, they'll just throw the towels in there. So he comes back a week later and hence no more paper on the floor. Mm-hmm. There is now a wastebasket full of paper towels. And then he looks at it again and he's like, ah, this is great. It solved it, but it didn't solve it all the way because now I'm I have a, an enormous amount of paper that I can tell is being wasted. Um, what else can I do to continue to improve this situation? And then he looks at the door and he realizes that the hinges are set on the inside of the door. And he's like, hmm, I bet if I flip the hinges to the outside and I push the door out, people would stop and realize that they, don't, they no longer need a paper towel. So they'll stop grabbing a paper towel. And hence, a week later, after he flips the hinges... There's no paper towel next to the door. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just that he improved enough to get rid of the problem. It's that he had enough um, desire in him to want to continue to improve on a daily basis. And that's what it's all about. It's not about perfection. It's about pro- progression, right? So when I speak to anyone, um, it's, a, it really un- it's really important to get them to understand that it's, it's okay to be you. It's okay to interpret it any which way you find works best for you because I feel that a lot of times what happens with people who want to explore a plant-based diet is that they, they're they intimidated because it's all or none. It's you know black and white. It's right and wrong. And if I decide that I want to do cheese on Saturdays and Sundays, people are going to look at me like, you know, that's not really plant-based. Um, but the reality is it's okay because the more people move in this direction the better they will feel the better they feel the more they want to do it Mm -hmm. and the more they want to do it the better it is for the planet right so when you look at and for their health and for all the people around them so when you look at um someone who's looking at trying to start a program the first thing i tell them it's okay to figure it out right it's okay to figure it out along the way and we're going to try to develop habits to make it easier to, to automate it because our, our, our brains are basically wired to make everything easier, right? So yeah. it makes you mean, think less about stuff. I don't know about you, but it wasn't like I was struck by lightning and overnight I went 100% plant-based. It's an evolution. Absolutely. You know? And I, I think there is that, there's a very you know, hardened idea out there that, that uh, you know, the people that are vegan or plant-based, like they, just, they do it instinctively and perfectly. Uh, you know, one day they're not, and then the other day they are, and that's all she wrote. And that's not that's not human. You yeah, know, it's not. I mean, maybe there are somebody out there that has had that experience, probably, but that is not the common experience. The common experience is 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 one of uh, of of toil, and you know, two steps backwards for every step forward. Um, and I think that as somebody who is, you know, an ambassador of the movement, like I, you know, I love that approach because. For me, it's about providing a welcome mat for somebody who perhaps is intimidated or is not so sure and to say, hey, man, it's cool. Come on over here, man. The water's warm. Like, let's start. Let's see what let's see, you know, how this works for you. 
and let all the other stuff go. It's all dogma, you know, all these labels and all that kind of stuff that are really uh, preventing people from accessing something that could be helpful to them because there's so much baggage that comes with it. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem. A problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life and recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson, where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. You see the statistics um, all over the place, but one of them that comes to mind is if every American uh, dropped meat one day a week, 
it would be the equivalent of removing 7.6 million vehicles off the roads and you'll see numbers mm-hmm. go up or down but when you when you see that and you really understand that you realize that you can be part of a much bigger solution without being perfect right it's one day a week so you you encourage people to try and i've encouraged a lot of friends i'm like try going plant based for breakfast more often than not, people do the same exact thing every single day for breakfast. So find something that works for you. Find something that's delicious and it's plant-based. And then they realize that it's much easier than they thought it was going to be. And they feel right. better about their oh actions. Oh, my God, I ate a meal and I, that didn't have meat in it and I didn't die. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I'm actually functioning. Yeah. And, 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 and P.S., I felt better <laughs> about myself so that while I went to lunch – uh, or during lunch, I made a better decision because I felt like I already started the day right. Right? It's one of right. those where like a good uh, choice begets another good choice. And if you started the day with like, you know, some sugary cereal, you're probably going to think at lunch, well, I already messed up breakfast. Yeah. I might as well have this, whatever. You got to water whatever. and fertilize the seed. That's it. You know, you can't just step on it and crush it, you know, before it has a chance to blossom. And everybody has to come into that kind of, you know, awareness and, and consciousness and realization, you know, on their own, on their own time, you know, you can't compel somebody to have that realization, and and you can't make people feel bad for not doing it the way that you think that they should do it. You know, we're all projecting our ideas onto other people, and that's not helpful. No, you know, it's I think it's up to us um, to to put the information out there and to encourage people to try it in uh, whatever way makes most sense mm-hmm. for them and their families. You know, I'll. We have families, right? So a lot of people out there want to do something different, but then they're thinking, well, what about my kids? My kids don't need any vegetables. And what about my wife? My spouse is also trying to lose weight like I am or also struggling with this or that. What are they going to say? It's, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's not easy. No, it's not. And it's, it's, it's an imperfect world with imperfect lives and imperfect families. None of us are perfect. And a lot of times I think when people look at someone like a vegan or a plant-based you know, advocate, oh, my God, they're perfect. I mean, I, I don't want to eat around them. You have many times I've walked into a restaurant and someone says to me, oh my God, don't look at what I'm eating. Yeah. Don't look at my plate. You'll make me feel so bad, so self-conscious. I'm like, I'm not going to judge you. Like, chill. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because it is evolved out of, I mean, originally the idea was, oh, if you're plant-based or vegan, like you're like a hippie, right? You're a dirty hippie. And now, if you, and now that's sort of that, that, perception is shifting into more of like a a mainstream, you know, idealization of health. And there's a certain sort of glamorous fashion, fashionable aspect that goes hand in hand with that a little bit. And that's both good and bad. Like there was a, I don't know if you saw, there was a New York Times article a couple of weeks ago that vegans go glam. Yeah. Yeah. And my family was, was a big part of this article. Yeah. I saw that. And, and, you know, part of my advocacy and I would imagine yours is to show people like, Hey, this, doesn't have to be like a hippie thing like this is cool and modern and hip and you know this is what's happening now and it's it's like look i've got kids we're all healthy we're enjoying our lives and and i try to portray accurately and authentically like that we're you know that that we are healthy and vibrant living this lifestyle because i want to dispel that like you know hardened old myth uh, but then the pendulum swings the other way and then people project onto you oh like well you're this, you know, you're, I can't live up to that standard of what you're doing, which is not what I'm intending, you know? So it's in the same way, I would imagine people think like, well, I can't be Jay-Z or, or Beyonce, like, so just forget it. You know what I mean? Like there's a, 
that barrier then becomes the unexpected next hurdle to kind of address and overcome. Because I, I want people to feel good and excited and, and feel like this is accessible to everybody. Well, when I read the article, by the way, um, it, to me, was a very cool article that seemed like, man, right on. I love that. You know, that's mm-hmm. so cool that you and your family are living that way. Um, and I think that more people should be living this way. Uh, it's really cool. And there may be some people that read the article and interpret it differently, but I think that in life, you either see obstacles or see, you see opportunities, right? So some people see obstacles, and no matter what they read, it's mm-hmm. just going to be you know something negative to them, and other people are going to see an opportunity. Other people are going to look at it and say, we can do this. We can do it as a family, and they're going to hunker down. And I guarantee you that there's a lot of people that read that around the world that looked at it and thought, this is the first step that we're going to take. The first step was reading this article um, in the right direction. So congrats for that because I think that's great and it really continues to empower people. Um, and I, I don't think that you know you or anyone else living this movement should ever um, step back or hide in the shadows because someone else may uh, misinterpret the way they're living or think that um, they can't live up to your standards. You're living your life. I mean... Mm-hmm. What, what cooler, more authentic way for you to be you then to do what you do best, right? Yeah, and I have to be honest and authentic to that, but I'm also conscious of always trying to be, um, you know, somebody who can be uh, uh, available and accessible as somebody who is, you know, living this plant-based lifestyle so that, you know, people feel like they can kind of connect to the journey a little bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Does that makes sense? No, absolutely. I mean, look, I, we get it all the time. People always look at us. Um, and when I say us, I mean like my wife and my kids and say, well, you guys are so disciplined or you guys are, you know, you're lucky because of X or Y or Z. Um, and then there's a lot of people that are like, oh, this is a reason why I did this. Um, I felt so great about what you guys did. And I noticed that you guys are living a life that's really true to what you guys believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the end of the day, really, it, it just comes out to, comes down to being um, true to yourself and doing what you think is best for you and your family and and understanding that there are so many miraculous benefits to living a plant-based lifestyle that it's something that at the very least um, you should be uh, curious enough to want to give it even the slightest try, uh, imperfect as it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, so let's get to the let's get to the celebrity stuff. Everybody wants to know about this, you know. <laughs> yeah. So when does like you know when does like Pharrell and all these guys start coming into your life? Is this just because you're you're sort of the guy in South Beach with the with the happening gym, or when do when do when do you start working with you know sort of the the people that are you know cultural influencers? When does that begin? I'd love to believe that it is um, because, not because of where I'm geographically speaking, but where I am spiritually and where I am as a person and what I do. I really love what I do. Um, And um, I guess the word started to spread and and people started to find out about what I was doing. And I was helping a lot of, like I said, a lot of people were losing weight and a lot of people were feeling better about themselves. And I was helping people make better um, lifestyle choices. And one thing led to another and I started working with a few athletes and Mm -hmm. that led to a few more. And then before you know it, I got introduced to a couple of um, entertainers, some musicians. And it just, I never stopped to think um, even today, I never really stopped to think, how did this happen? How did I get to where I, I am? I think it was a lot of, um, a lot of luck and a lot of hard work. Um, I've had people come up to me and ask me, you know, young trainers that are getting started, well, how do I do this? I want to do exactly what you do. And I'm like, well, I'm not so sure there was a real roadmap to it. I mean, I just, I wanted to do what I was really 
driven by. And in doing that, I think that that attracted people to me. It wasn't that I was going out to try to find um, celebrity clients. It was just yeah, that was not your agenda. Like what I like what you just said was that you know it was because of where you were at spiritually. So you know what does that what does that look like for you? What does that mean? Um, I was never really motivated by uh, money or by um, uh, everyone wants to be successful, right? So you definitely have that. it comes into your list of priorities, but it was never number one or number two or number three or number four on my list, right? So um, when you do something that you really love and you know that, as you know, uh, um, my dean said, you're never going to make any money, but you're still going to do it anyways. You start off, I think, with the right intentions and knowing that I was put on this earth to do something other than just just be, right? So I knew that I could serve and that I could do so in a way that would make people feel better about themselves and to be healthier. Um, and in doing that, I think I was in the right place to allow these really great things to happen. Um, but it was only because I was really enjoying myself. I wasn't trying to find anything else. I was happy and content with where I was and what I was doing. Um, and in, I guess, that happiness, um, these great things started to happen and they just sort of manifested themselves, right? Yeah, that's for, that's very powerful. You know what I mean? I think that that's a really important lesson to people out there that are like chasing whatever dream that they're doing. It's like you have to you have to do the inside work to make sure that whatever path you are on is really the one that you can invest yourself completely and totally in. That is the thing that is, you know, getting you up in the morning excited about what you're doing, not because it's going to bring you a certain result, but it's the process of just doing it detached from the result, right? So what I hear you say is just, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, whether or not you were going to continue to do it had nothing to do with where it was leading you. It was the simple act in and of itself that was that was giving you the fulfillment. Yeah. People still ask me today, well, what is it about uh, what you do that you enjoy the most? I still love working one-on-one with people. I love people, and I, I love to work one-on-one, especially when you see the transformations take place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple weeks Actually, more than a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a month ago now, I was at PCRM conference, you know, the physicians community, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Uh-huh. Neil Barnard, um, another rock star in this He's space. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and and uh, they invited me to come to a, one of their conferences and they asked, would you be willing to teach a class for us? I'm like, are you kidding? I'd love that. So I, I taught a group exercise class for a bunch of clinicians, doctors uh-huh. and um, experts in the plant-based space. And to me, it's just so much fun. And people ask me, well, don't you get tired of doing that? I'm like, no, it's what I really love to do. I really love to do. If you said to me tomorrow, come out to Malibu and, you know, teach a whatever class for me, I'd be like, ah, I'm, I'm in, uh-huh. let's go. Um, you know, it's, I just, I love it. Um, so are you still teaching classes and working with clients one-on-one or, I mean, it can't be so much anymore. Right? No, I, I, honestly, I don't have, uh, as much time as I wish, um, uh, for that these days. Um, I'll do it whenever I can. So I'll be speaking um, at a corporate event in a a week um, and I'll do as much as I can one-on-one and then uh, small group settings and sometimes larger group settings um, because I just love to work with people. But the reality is that um, when I embarked on this plant-based movement and I realized that there was so much more to it that I had to share with the world, I realized that um, in order for me to have the greatest impact, I had to be able to reach the greatest amount of people. And mm-hmm. in re- reaching the greatest amount of people, I had to create a platform um, so, so that I could speak to these people. Right. So it, was, it would be much more powerful to share the message um, with many people at once than to just be sharing it one-on-one um, because it's just 
far too powerful for me to keep right. to myself and my clients that get to work with me one on one because that's it just it go it, I guess it goes back to the point where I want to be able to share it with people that wouldn't ordinarily be able to hire a personal trainer wouldn't ordinarily be able to you know have someone working with them one on one or you know flying someone around the country or around the world Right, right, right. All right. Well, I'm not going to let you get out of, you know, sort of weasel out of the Beyonce Jay Z story because we got to tell this. So, as the story goes, right, was it Pharrell that introduced you to them and you start working with them and and this, you know, quite auspicious relationship uh, flowers that has you know blossomed into this amazing thing. I mean, it's kind of an incredible thing, right? So you start working with, you know, two people who are arguably uh, have the the largest cultural impact on the planet of, of anybody else, right? It's kind of a staggering thing. Like, it's amazing, right? So you're working with them as a trainer, but at some point, the nutrition component of what you do starts to creep in. Is that a fair representation? Or, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell me, you know, tell me how this all kind of developed. Yeah, the, that's pretty, um, I guess, pretty accurate. Um, I'll, I'll share something with you that I haven't shared with anyone before. Um, I was working in Miami um, with some athletes, and then I remember um, uh, I was working with a football player, um, and he says, you know, I have a friend who's really, really talented, um, and he uh, he was like, you know, an incredible player in college, and he just didn't get drafted, and he, he could use your help. Um, mm-hmm. He's like hit a really low spot, and he basically doesn't have a job and he's you know trying to get into the nfl and he just uh he's in a really low place right now would you be willing to speak to him and i said yeah man absolutely um and i i met this guy and we totally hit it off and i was like why don't you just start coming to the club on a daily basis i had the place on the beach um start coming to the club and we'll we'll train together he's like well but i I can't afford to come here and i was like oh don't worry about it you know just just come um and he started coming to the to the gym on a daily basis with our training and 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 he had i mean like his performance improved like light years in a very short period of time was just a really hungry really hungry kid and just an incredible soul really really nice guy incredible human being um he happened to be friends with someone that he had um played with years back who uh but he bumped into the guy one day we were walking out of the club and he bumps into this guy and he's like hey man what's up and he uh and he says hey what's going on how are you oh this is marco let me introduce you to marco so he introduces me to this guy ben and um and then you know ben and i just you know chatted for a few minutes and then he went his way i went my way and then um my friend uh took off Um, a couple days later i see ben again and i'm like hey what's up man how are you and uh a week later he says hey i want to introduce you to someone um, and I said, yeah, no problem. He's like, uh, this is Pharrell. This is, um, the guy I work for. Mm-hmm. I had no, I thought Ben was a, a football player or something. I had no idea what he did or who he was. We just, he was a really sweet guy and we hit it off and we just started talking on a daily basis. And before you knew it, you know, made an introduction to Pharrell. Um, and Pharrell and I started, we, we hit it off and he's just another really amazing human being. And we just, um, we hit it off right away and we started working together and, um, sometime down the road he says you know i have a a friend that's coming into town um uh, that i'd love for you to meet and i said yeah no problem and that friend was Mm jay-z and we met and and again another guy with i mean just a really really special guy um the minute we met i just you know we we hit it off and i knew he was someone special just from the few words that we shared how do you like if you had to articulate what that is that makes like him so unique and and special you know i i was 
uh, I want to say that I was born with a special, um, uh, I don't know, you want to call it a gift or um, I have the this ability to be able to just walk into a room and I can tell people. I just, you know, I just get this feeling in my stomach. I just know people. You just get this feeling. And I think that everyone has it. I think we suppress it. And, and I think that a lot of times we don't listen to it. And we do so many things to our bodies that we beat them up. So a lot of times they're not as, as in tune um, as they should be. But um, just people that are kind and then, you know, are, and you can tell just by body language, you know, they're looking in the eye when they're talking to you and, and the way that they, they speak to you and, and, and the, the words that they use and mm-hmm. how they think and, and um, how they act and how they treat others. And you, I, I'm very observant. I, I'm, I'm uh, it, like uh, uh, obsessed with um, um, watching um, everything in in the world, right? I, I'm just I'm obsessed with life, and I'm obsessed with watching how people handle other people and how they, you know, curiosity. Just I'm really, really curious, eternally curious about everything. Um, but people being one of them, um, and you know, um, I think that this just allowed me to develop a a, a keener sense of feeling for for people, for individuals. Mm-hmm. And when we met, we just, we hit it off and, and he said, Hey, you know, would you be willing to come to New York for a couple of weeks to help me out? And, um, I said, sure, man. Just I'd love like to. that. Like right there. Yeah. Well, we, we, we spoke for a little while right, right. and, um, the next day we saw each other and then he said, would you be willing to come to New York for a couple of weeks? And that couple of weeks turned into, you know, 10 plus year relationship. Right. Wow. 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 So during that period of time, you would kind of come and go from Miami to wherever they were to like, train. yeah. So, so how did that, I mean, what I had just got like? married at the time and, um, I said to my wife, well, I'm, I'm going to go to New York next week. You want to come with me? And she said, yeah, I'd love to. And we just started, you know, traveling just about everywhere um, mm-hmm. together. Um, and so I would fly out of Miami on like, let's say Monday and I'd fly back on Friday. And, um, eventually, um, we started having kids. Right. Um, so my wife started staying in Miami, and, and I kept traveling. <laughs> She's like, this is not fair. I <laughs> yeah. think I got the short end of the stick. Uh, interesting. Um, and then where does, where does the you know, curiosity on their part about the diet you know, begin and, and this sort of you know, 22-day experiment of them kind of adopting a plant-based diet that became this major news story? Well, I think that you, the more time you spend with your friends, the more you get to know them. And being that I travel or was traveling a lot, at the time with them, um, you get to see how someone lives, right? So it's not just, you know, train, 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 train. And then at night I go and whatever I get wasted or I go and eat, you know, a big steak dinner or what have you. They were watching me. I mean, they get to see me on a daily basis, how I live. Right. Um, and are you like living with them or you have your own hotel no, no, room? No, no, no. Like, I, I live my own life. Yeah. But, you know, you you spend time with your friends. Like you and I are right. spending a good amount of time today. If we go to dinner, you'll see what I eat. And then if uh-huh. tomorrow you see me for breakfast, you'll you know see what I eat for breakfast. And then you'll see if I train or I don't train. And you got you, the more time you spend with your friends and more, you know, they say you really want to get to know your friends, travel with them. Well, mm-hmm. we're traveling together. Right. So um, I think that that uh, in and of itself um, develops, you develop a curiosity for what other people do not just because I'm, uh, you know, their trainer or their, you know, life coach or health coach or nutritionist or whatever it is you want to think it is. The reality is that you're friends. You just watch them and you see what they do. And I think that in, in, and in watching, you become curious about, you know, what it is that they do and why, you know, what they do works. Um, and, you know, I, I, I live a pretty clean life. Uh, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't, um, I don't do drugs. I'm a really clean eater, mm-hmm. and I'm and I, and I love to work out. Um, and when you see that the the benefits of that um, right in front of you on a daily basis, um, I think that it it sort of piques people's curiosity. 
Um, right. And then so you start, they start to see asking it. questions. Or... Yeah. Oh, um, and then one day I said, "Hey, you know what would be really cool if we had talked about uh, plant-based nutrition for a while?" And then one day I said, "Hey, you know what would be really cool is if we um, if we added a plant-based breakfast to um, to your day." He's like, "Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Um, let's try that." I could do that. I could do breakfast. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course you could do breakfast. So we added a breakfast. And a couple of months later, it was so easy that um, I don't think anyone thought anything of it. Um, Jay just called and said, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about this. Um, I remember it was in Miami. He called me. I was sitting in my office. Um, and he says, I- I've been thinking about this. Why don't we do something? You know, you have that program, the 22-Day Vegan Challenge. Um, we had put up when I... Uh, when I started with um, 22 Days Nutrition, I didn't want to just be a company that was going to benefit people who bought from it, right? So I didn't want it to be like, you buy one thing for me, I give you one thing. You buy one thing for me, I give you another thing. I wanted it to be a little bit more, um, more, uh, I don't know, inclusive, a little bit more accessible. So I created a platform online and I wanted that platform to be a really robust engine to help people live a healthier life so to create a plant-based uh, lifestyle solution if you will so we wanted to share recipes we wanted mm-hmm. to share ideas with people here's what's great about goji berries here's why you should do b12 this is why you should do methyl instead of you know so like mm-hmm. a lot of different things that ranged in anything that you know i was curious about or that i thought people might be interested in so we started developing this sort of archive of really great content and i thought to myself let's create a program let's create a program around the the whole 22-day concept where we help people um give them all the tools they need to go plant-based for 22 days so the name 22 days comes from the idea that it takes 21 days to make or break a habit so if it takes 21 days to make or break a habit on the 22nd day you're armed with a new tool to live a healthier life right so it's on the notion that it, it it takes a certain amount of time to create that synaptic pathway, to create that that mm. um, that path in your brain that is like riding a bicycle, right? Like you don't forget how to ride a bike once you learn it. Um, and I thought to myself, if we help people, if we arm them with the tools they need over the course of 21 days, once they're, they reach the 22nd day, they'll be able to keep this you know, going. That This will be something that's incredibly sustainable. So we put this program online and we just gave it to people for free. We just thought it would be really fun. So we gave them recipes. We gave them tips. And if you put your email address, we would send you basically, you know, messages of the day, tip of the day mm-hmm. with what you should have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Suggestions, right? Um, and then exercises. And I threw the exercise component into it. This should your workout for today. This is what you should be doing today. Um, and then Jay's like, this is really cool. You have this platform. Why don't I use that? Why don't you set me up on it? And we take this 22-day challenge. And it was getting close to his birthday. He's like, I'll do it for my birthday. His birthday is December 4th. He's mm-hmm. like, I'll do it f- starting my birthday. And then um, by the time I finish, 20 sec- 22 days later, it'll be Christmas. So it'll be like this whole really cool um, spiritual cleansing, right. um, health, he was empowerment. 44? 44 at the time, right? I think he was 42, 42 when he did it. Uh-huh. Uh, 42 or 43. Um can't remember now, but um, I remember that uh, I was like, wow, that's really cool, man. That that would be awesome. And then he says, yeah, and, and what I want to do is I also want to share it with my, my friends, my fans, people that know me. And I thought, wow, this is incredibly powerful because we're we're sharing something that matters, right? So a lot of times you realize that 
the magazines like you know have all that celebrity fodder put nonsense out a lot of the times 99% of the time is not true and it's just stuff that doesn't really empower anyone but I thought here's someone with a really big platform doing something to really empower people like the biggest platform right you know except for you know maybe a world leader (laughs) you know what I mean like but in terms of of literally influencing, uh, you know, kind of opinion on cultural matters, like there, there, there's arguably nobody who is more powerful or potent than that couple. Like it's incredible. I agree. So that's a huge thing, you know, that that they would say, "Hey, we want to share this." Like this, this, you know, this notion of of you know taking more control of your health and. The relationship that that has to diet, like that's not a small thing. No, and if you know them, um, you know that they're about always about giving back, always about giving back, always about giving more um, than they receive. And and the truth is that what better way to give back to someone than to arm them with health? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like incredibly powerful. Um, and and you said it earlier that for many years it was this notion of this, you know. Birkenstock, no deodorant wearing, dreadlock, you know, hippie in Colorado. That was the vegan. That poster child is anyone right now. It's an amalgamation of color, race, sex. I mean, everything, right? So there's no one person that fits that. Who is a vegan? Like if you walked into a room now and said, okay, pick out a vegan, you would never be able to pick them out Mm because it's he or she comes in many different shapes, sizes, forms, ages. and, and it's really cool. Um, and I think that uh, a big part of that is that people like J&B have gotten behind it and have said, you know, this is what we do. This is why we do it. Um, use it in a way that makes most sense to you. I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And in, in fairness, uh, you know, they didn't, they're not 100% plant-based. Like they did the 22-day thing and, and they're, they're very upfront and open about the fact that they're not living a 100% Today they are, by the way. Oh, they are today? today. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Glad to hear that. Today meaning, today meaning, you know, for this 24-hour period or today meaning like they're, now they're back on the program? Yeah. They, they like to, you know, like I said, um, it's whatever works best for you, right? So they like to do it in, in, in waves and they... They find uh, success in getting on, getting off, getting on, getting off. I think it'll yeah. be a matter of time before they feel so great. Um, they realize that they're so great when they're on it that um, they want to do it all the time. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, everybody's different. Um, for me, like I can't rubber band because like rubber banding in going in and out and in and out of like doing what I know is best for me. Just it's it, it creates like dissonance for me you know what i mean like i i don't uh i don't know what it is i think it's because i'm in recovery for alcoholism like i i have to approach it almost like the same way i approach drugs and alcohol and i can find like comfort and security of just saying this is my rule you know and i just adhere to this rule and my life is better um but if i like i can't do cheat days or go on and off like then because then i start craving those foods and before you know it like i'm just completely off the reservation altogether but i know not everyone's like that you know what i mean well the truth is i'm very similar in that i uh, i'm 100 100 of the time Mm -hmm. um and it's not because of fear of anything other than that i just i know better right so I'm like, why would I, you know, why would I go back to... Well, also with that consciousness shift to me. also, and you realize like what goes into all of this, like I, now I can't, I just, I can't, there's no way I could go back. Yeah. And then uh, being a parent, I think also places an extra 
um, amount of um, pressure or awareness in you that you just want to be part of something bigger and greater. And you want to be the change, right, that mm -hmm. you want to see in the world. And to my kids, like, I don't know because they're so young. I don't know that they would get it if I wasn't plant-based today and then tomorrow I was. I don't know that they would get the meaning of how powerful it is to be focused on something. And the reality is that I think it's so incredibly powerful that it means that much to me to be committed to it 100% of the time. It's mm -hmm. not just, oh, today I care about you know breast cancer awareness, but tomorrow, eh, not so much. I mean, it's something that I'm always going to care about, right? So if I care about it all the time, I should be able to commit myself to it fully right. and completely. Yeah. And as an ambassador, you know, for you to be a hundred percent is to say not only, you know, is it possible, it's plausible and you can be an example and show people that, you know, it's accessible for them as well, you know, that they can aspire to this, you know, to this lifestyle and that it's not something that is out of reach. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation, a groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most, mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There is so much health information out there. It can feel overwhelming and leave even the most well-intentioned confused about what's what and who to trust. Well, the first person that I call when I'm seeking clarity is my friend and nutrition expert, Simon Hill, host of the fantastic podcast, The Proof. Each week, Simon matches wits with brilliant scientists, translating their evidence-based insights into actionable tools for better well-being. Subscribe to The Proof, available wherever you get your podcasts, and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. To kind of get back to, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z, you know, uh, a sort of cynical person would say, well, 22-day revolution, but then they went back to eating meat. So, you know, uh, you know, so much for that. You know what I mean? Like that sort of uh, uh, would be like kind of a, um, typical kind of pop culture negative reaction to what's going on. So do you have to like weather that kind of no. reaction? Like how do you speak to that? I'm incredibly optimist. I'm uh -huh. the eternal optimist. I, I don't pay attention to that. Um, but the reality is that I have seen and heard so many great comments and compliments come from, you know, I didn't think I could do it until I saw them do it or I didn't think it was possible until I saw 
that you know she could do it or i did it because she's my queen i did it because mm-hmm. i love him and everything he does she's is perfect queen. right so <laughs> when you see that and you hear that you get really excited so maybe there's someone that says that you know whatever a naysayer or you know glasses mm-hmm. half empty guy and you know that's like i said you can either you can either see an obstacle or you can see an opportunity and i see opportunities every yeah. day I believe that their heart is is in the right place with it too. I mean, I remember I don't know what video it was, but Beyonce's wearing the kale t shirt mm-hmm. like as she's dancing around the meat. Yeah, it's like she didn't have to wear that shirt. Yeah, you know, like that's kind of an amazing that's kind of an amazing moment in the plant based movement. Just that one act alone. And when you see that someone has such an incredibly powerful and diverse platform and they use it to do such good, I mean, how could you not applaud that? Seriously, it's not just about plant-based, but about everything that she does and that he does. I mean, it's just, it's about the bigger picture. What do do people not understand about, you know, who those people are? Like, you know, you could read the magazines or whatever, but obviously, like, we don't, you know, we don't know them like you do. I mean, what is... You know what? What do you, what do you, what do you notice about them that you wish people could kind of better understand? Honestly, um, I look at all of my friends and uh, my loved ones um, with the exact same set of eyes, right? So I, I don't look and see a celebrity um, super couple. I just see great human beings that are just really kind people um, that want to leave this earth better than they found it. And that's like a common trait in the people that I love. Maybe it's something that I gravitate towards or maybe something that I want to be a, a part of. But the reality is um, greatness isn't um, defined by success or by how much money you have in the bank or how, how, by how many followers you have on Twitter or Instagram. Greatness is defined by who you are and what you do on a daily basis, right? It's not about what you... Um, what you wear or who you know. It's about who you are as an individual, right? You could be a, a great um, landscape architect. You could be a great waiter. Uh, you could be a great musician. Um, and the success, I, I think that that's like the one biggest um, uh, the, the one biggest issue we have uh, as a country is that we have, um, we have misinterpreted success with the amount of money someone makes. Um, and success has nothing to do with money. Everything to do with who you are, what you do, how you make other people feel, you know, on a daily basis. And when you look at that, um, they're extremely successful. They make people feel great. They treat people well. Um, they're good human beings. And, um, you know, you could look at it however you want to look at it. But the reality is at the end of the day, um, we all put on our pants uh, one leg at a time or take them off one leg at a time. And um, the the rest is, I think, just nonsense. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Um, you know, I kind of in reflecting on your your kind of trajectory, I sort of see this person who who you know being yourself, somebody who knew very early on and very clearly like what your personal truth wa- was and is, and just has consistently stood in that. And as a result of of kind of you know being that lighthouse so to speak uh an amazing confluence of events has occurred to kind of precipitate this amazing situation that you're in right now where now you're in a position through uh you know through this new company and your books uh to influence people on a mass level you know going from that one-on-one training situation to really being able to um you know change paradigms about 
health and nutrition. It's really kind of an amazing thing. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank you. I mean, so let's so let's talk about this. So the, so so uh, Beyonce and Jay Z they do the twenty two day thing. You, you you guys decide to collaborate on this twenty two days nutrition company uh, that then kind of um, blossoms into uh, not only you know food products that you can find at the store, but also uh, a food delivery service, right? And yeah. then the book, and the book was insanely, I mean, like, I remember when the book came out, was it number one on Amazon? Yeah. Was it number one New York Times? Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. so crazy. Yeah, we, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, you've been through the process and yeah, you've done like, it all. I can't You're you the know, guy. <laughs> yeah, but like, to, to be like at that strata is like, that's insane, man. So it was, your life must have been crazy. I've been floating, to be honest with you, I still uh-huh. haven't come down. I mean, it's So it's, it came it's out, like, it was fun. like April, right, when it came yeah, out? Yeah, end of April. Uh-huh. And then we I had. I know you this, did the talk show circuit and all of that, but like, I mean, like the number one selling book in the country. You know, and, and you, I, I, you're not going to believe this, but um, we did all the big shows, right? And it wasn't until I think that what what clicked was a lot of times people think that vegan or plant based living or vegetarianism is like okay, it's healthier, but it probably tastes really bad, and I'm going to mm-hmm. be eating really terrible food and it wasn't until we went on the view and had like this incredible um offering of all the different kinds of food so we went out we i basically made all of the recipes or a bunch of recipes from the book and i brought them to the view for them to try and they were just blown away they were just like wait this is what this is oh i could do this every day Uh and it wasn't until people saw that that it was like I mean, like it that just took the, off. That was the one thing that it was made it the, blow up. It was the one thing that just everyone just went bananas. I mean, it's such literally. a weird thing too because you think like, oh, it's going to be that Today Show appearance. Or yeah, it's going to be this thing, and then and then and then you see like, oh, some things just miss. Like it doesn't. Like it can be a huge thing, and like it's not connecting or yeah, whatever. You know exactly, what I mean? exactly. We did, you know, Good Morning America, Today Show, and you just see everything going on, Doctor Oz. I mean, and everything was amazing, but it wasn't until that happened that people saw the food and they connected with it and they were like and then and Those then Jeff all the Jones. girls and then the girls from the view were eating the food and they were loving it. and and they'd warned me they were like look we're gonna be really honest with you um if you bring something they don't like they'll spit it out i mean these girls are really honest and i was like i'm i'm not scared i mean uh-huh. let's let's do this i think it's gonna be fun and sure enough uh, we did it and they just they enjoyed it so much that i think that it translated well you couldn't we could not have planned that i mean we weren't trying to orchestrate anything right. it was just like but did the book come out at the same time that you launched the food delivery service? Like, no, that, were those no? And 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 I think a lot of people think, "Wow, what brilliant, what genius marketing!" And and the truth is that I, as much as I'd love to take credit for all of it, I just I can't because it's not in me. Um, the reality is, what happened was when B and J did the program, a lot of people jumped on with them. A lot of their fans jumped on, and then we started getting people emailing us on a daily basis. Oh my god, I feel so good. Oh my god, I. I've slept, you know, better than I've slept in the last 10 years. Oh my God, my cholesterol went down. Oh my God, I no longer have, you know, arrhythmias. I'm, you know, you hear about it, right? My blood sugar went down so low that I had to get off my, you know, diabetes medication. Oh my God, this happened. Oh my God, that happened. It was all beautiful. And then there was one comment at the end. Every single email had a very similar comment. And it was something like, but I wish somebody could make this food for me. 
I don't know how much longer I'll be able to, you know, cook breakfast, lunch, dinner every single day. It just, it's a lot. I wish someone could do this for me. I wish someone could make the foods. Why don't you guys make the food? I wish someone could make the food. I wish some. And then after reading like a thousand, thousands of emails, I was like, well, I, I guess we could make food. Why not? Let me look into it. And I just started looking around. I started trying to find, um, I was like, I know we have really awesome recipes. Let me, maybe I can find the mm-hmm. kitchen that we can, you know, make something happen. If not, we'll go out and build the kitchen. How do we do this? And then, you know, we spent about 10 months trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, to find find recipes that are going to be able to scale and that, you know, are going to keep through and how you're going to ship them. Like, it, that's not so difficult. Yeah, you have yeah, no yeah. idea. Like, I no, don't. but don't. Yeah. no preservatives. It's not frozen. Mm-hmm. It's all USD organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, and it's all fresh. So it's like incredibly difficult. You can make a dish today and it tastes great, but if you the minute you put that in a container and you just seal it, there's I mean, it's got to keep fresh for right. you got to ship it to someone. Then how do you ship it and how if you're if you have a kitchen on the east coast, how do you get to the west coast? If you have a kitchen on the west coast, how do you get to the east coast? And it's how much is it to, you know, I mean it was very it was a super complicated process, but it was a lot of fun to know. Um, I was just focused on I'm going to be able to satisfy their needs. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a big game changer because, and when I say game changer, I don't mean like our company's going to blow up. That was never, you know, the thought that drove me to do this, right? It was more of we're going to be able to affect more lives. We're going to be able to help more people be healthy. We're going to help people get healthier. Um, we're going to help people get off their meds. Um, it was about if we're really truly going to live this and if we really want to be these ambassadors of wellness, we have to be able to help people where, wherever they need most help. Mm-hmm. And where they're at. Yeah. And how did you, so how did you execute on this? I mean, did you start off just like doing it in Miami and then blowing it out gradually? Or no, like, we or, launched nationally did, day one. <laughs> I guess that how, that's how it, you can just go big or go home when it's that's like my that's my BJ, motto. Right? <laughs> you know, we said well, let's just you know we I didn't want to put so myself in a position. Where are the kitchens and where are the distribution facilities? Like, how, I mean, I wanted like to be a, here. I wanted yeah. to be here in California. Uh-huh. Um, hence why I'm here so much. But I wanted to be here in California because it's just um, we we know that you know demographically speaking there's just there's so many people out here i mean and we thought that it would probably be the easiest to get food and then i i met with a lot of kitchens around the country and i found to me the best kitchen with um the the, the greatest resources the best setup the cleanest and i'm like a neat freak and i'm a maniac for detail so i wanted everything to be absolutely perfect and i want to be able to source the stuff and i wanted to know that the sort stuff was going to be sourced locally and they met they you like checked all the boxes mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, day one, we launched, um, nationwide and, uh, it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, it was really incredible. I think we had, had something happened right in the beginning where we got a little bit of like press because some, somebody, something had, had gone on. And, um, I think around that time, um, B came out with some sort of an announcement. Well, we wanted to make it really clear to people. We don't want people to think if she ever says anything that it, there's like some hidden agenda or the. So we just made an announcement. Hey, we're we're partnering up to do this, mm. um, and just putting out that one message, um, people just started going bananas, um, and um, it was a, it was an awesome start. It's been an incredible year. Yeah. So how? So it hasn't even been a year yet. Not like, yet. Right? We launched in January. Right. All right, so here's a question uh, that would be on my mind, and I know some of my friends, like actually a buddy of mine just posted on Facebook the other day. He's a, he's, he's a friend of mine, uh, my friend Gordon, he lives in Venice, big 
athletic, super athletic dude, like does Spartan races, really fit, and has been traditionally, you know, on different kinds of diets, and he's super interested in exploring plant-based. Uh, but he doesn't cook, and he doesn't want to cook. And he's like, he put it out on Facebook, like, hey, I'm looking for, uh, you know, I need, a, I need a great plant-based meal delivery service, but I don't want to have to, like, order three entrees. Like, am I going to get enough food? Like, he's worried about whether it's going to satiate him. You know, can do you get? Do you is can you solve his problem? I think we can. <laughs> Our good. portions are huge. Are they are? And right, you, and I don't know if he's already. I haven't plant tried based. yours yet. No, he, well, he's oh, we like. He's, I don't know if he is yet either. I mean, he's tiptoeing around it. Like he yeah. wants to check it out. Well, you know this from experience, right? So when you move to a plant-based diet, you realize you're eating a lot more food than you typically eat yeah. because just it's volume, right? So it's like you're looking at the calories per fat and and protein and mm-hmm. carbohydrates. So you're going to have a lot um, greater volume of food for fewer calories. So it just depends if he's huge, like a bodybuilder type huge, you know, like 200 plus pounds. Um, maybe he needs uh, a little bit more. But the reality is I haven't had one person come back to me yet and say there's not enough food. And as a matter of fact, I have people call me that know me. They're like, hey, I just ordered you food. I'm like, you dummy, why'd you order the food? I would have sent it to you. Like, no, no, I, I want to support the brand. I'm like, okay, I would have. But, but I have a question. Am I supposed to eat all this stuff? I'm like, yeah. They're like, no way. I'm like, yeah. Uh, okay. And they try it and they're like, wow, I'm I'm losing weight or I'm, you know, exactly where I need to be. And I think that a lot of times we think that there's like this, you know, there's so much science behind it and you need to know like, you know, how many grams of fat and how many grams of, of carbohydrates and how much protein. We get so uh, uh, um, like, you know, uh, caught up in the numbers of it all that we just don't eat the food. Like when you look at, um, uh, Dan Butner's work, right? You look like mm-hmm. you look at the uh, at the blue zones. Those guys that are living to be 115 aren't looking at how many calories yeah. are consuming <laughs> on a daily basis. Do you think they're there with a pencil and a piece their, of paper? Their, their ratio of carbs to fat. They're are, not yeah. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. They're just living. They're just eating really good, clean food and a predominantly plant based diet. And when you look at all of the other studies combined, you realize that the people that are living the lives that we want to ultimately live aren't looking at the numbers of it all. They're just enjoying great, clean, healthy food, and that's exactly what we're sending people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I get emails like that all the time, people wanting to know. And I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I never, I never think about that. You know? you sh- and you shouldn't, by the way. Oh, but do, do you think I'm going to need another you know, 400 grams of you know, protein if I want to maintain this much? You know? I'm like, look, everyone is different, but the reality is jump in, and then you'll, you'll figure it out mm-hmm. very, very quickly if you think that you're at the right place or not. And more often than not, you find that people jump in, and they, in the beginning, they're thinking about it all the time, and then they just stop thinking about it because they realize it's something they shouldn't have ever worried about to begin with. Right. So I'm sure you get the protein question every day. So how do you how do you handle that one? Uh, um, well, the reality is that we consume way more protein than we need to. You know that, and um, I just have to share that with people because most people don't realize that the typical American diet has almost double the amount of protein that they should be consuming on a daily basis. And when just that one fact alone, people are like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Yeah," and. We've seen, you know, studies like the Harvard study, and we've seen a lot of studies come out that, you know, just increasing your, you know, animal protein intake by just a little bit increases your risk factors for cancer and diabetes by X, um, some as high as 50%. And when you look at some of the numbers um, and you realize that we are consuming 
you know, far too much protein. And a lot of that protein is coming from um, animal sources. So when someone moves to a plant-based diet, um, it's usually something they don't have to think about. But the truth is that if you're a really hardcore athlete and you want to feel like you're doing something better, um, like added insurance, if you will, like, you know, I want a post-workout, I want a recovery drink, you could do a plant-based protein. I mean, that's super clean. As a matter of fact, we have really clean plant-based proteins for that specific person. What do you, what, what is your, what's the source of the protein? We have a really unique formula because we're the only guys in the world that have uh, USD organic pea protein that's grown and processed in the U.S. and so no one else has this pea protein. Um, most of the pea protein that you see out there, even the USD organic stuff is grown in Canada, shipped to China. Mm. It's processed in China. It's like an amalgamation of stuff. And then it gets shipped back here. So it's incredibly expensive for us to buy our stuff, but I formulate for myself. I don't, you know, formulate for label copy. I formulate for function. So when I go out there, I want to make sure that I'm putting the best ingredients. And like I said in the beginning, there's no compromise. We, that's one thing we don't do. We don't compromise. So um, we want to make sure that we put the best products that we can on the shelves to be able to help people uh, ultimately live the life that they want to be living. Mm-hmm. So to get back to the protein question then, I mean, basically, don't worry about it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not worrying about it. I don't, I don't sit around <laughs> thinking, I don't, I don't sit around thinking, man, did I get enough protein today? And you, when you start living it, and, and it's hard for someone that, I get it, it's really difficult for that, you know, guy that's been supplementing, you know, four times a day with whey uh, since he's 18, right? It's hard for you to tell them not to worry about it because it's what they, it's the habit that they've ingrained, right, into their daily lives. And it's not until they just let go a little bit that they realize that it was something that they really didn't need to worry about mm-hmm. to begin with because you realize you're not going to lose any muscle mass. You're not going to perform um, you know, uh, uh, whatever at, at sub-optimal levels because you're not consuming enough protein because if you're on a plant-based diet and you're eating the right amount of foods um, with the right amount of diversity, um, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, it's tricky with guys uh, because – the idea that you would adopt a diet that potentially, you know, in their mind, you know, fallaciously or otherwise could lead them to a place of, of, of being weaker is almost an assault on identity, like your sense of who you are as a man and, and you know, masculinity, et cetera. So it's a very loaded thing. Like, I understand why everyone wants to know the answer to that. Um, and it's almost like they have to experience it for themselves to get past it, to realize, like, it's, it's a red herring. Yeah. You know, do you know... Um, Dr. Garth Davis. I think he was at that PCRM conference. I know. Yeah, I know, know his work. Oh, yeah, yeah. So his book just came out this week called Proteinaholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really great. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I got to check it out. So, I mean, he did an unbelievable amount of research on this subject. You know, like, you know, the, the whole protein question is like a whole book devoted to it. It's pretty cool. It's, yeah, it's funny because when you go to like the PCRM conferences or the conferences where these guys are all converging, it's almost like laughable. Right when when you ask these guys about protein, you're like, right. "Come on, man! You're not asking me about protein today, twenty October, whatever. It's you know, twenty fifteen. No way. Are you kidding me?" But then again, you can look at. I looked at uh, Dan Butner's Instagram feed today, and he's taking pictures of the breakfast at some other conference that he's at, where it's just bacon and eggs, and you know, like the other medical conferences where that still is very much an issue. Like the PCRM conference is the those anomaly. guys do it right. Yeah, By the way, every single thing uh, is plant based. I mean, that was like the greatest buffet that I've ever seen in yeah. my life. 
hats off to Jill and the team at PCRM. Yes, for sure, man. And you have to live it, right? You have to be able to walk the walk if you're going to be able to to preach it. You have to be able to live it. And and these guys are doing it really well. Yeah, cool. All right, well, I'm going to let you go here. But uh, before I do, um, I thought it it would be cool if you could just leave some people with – you know, maybe some of the the tips that you would convey to somebody who's new to this lifestyle, who's interested, you know, whether it's getting fit for the first time or the first time in a long time or or switching up their diet, you know, but they're intimidated. They're not sure where to start. I mean, what are, you know, some kind of, you know, tactile uh, takeaways that you can give people, you know, besides, you know, obviously reading your book and checking out the websites, which we're going to give everybody all that information. Well, everyone's at a certain place in their lives today. And I think that um, you're not defined by what happens to you in life, but rather by what you do when these things happen to you, right? So um, it's, it's really simple in that, we know today more than we've ever known about the benefits of a plant-based diet. And we've, you know, spent a little bit of time talking about there no, there's really no right or wrong way to do it. Um, once you start to lean, you realize that you become fully immersed in it very quickly because you just start to feel better about yourself. And when you look at something that, I say that there's no, there's no single thing in your life that you can do that will have a greater impact than adopting a plant-based diet. And when I say a greater impact in your life, in the life of the people around you, in the environment, in promoting a you know, cruelty-free lifestyle and creating more kindness in the world, there's no single act that you can do that would have greater impact than adopting a plant-based diet. When you know that and you know that you can reduce the risk of many of the diseases that affect us today, heart disease, diabetes, stroke, cancer, dementia. Um, and you know that you can sleep better and you know you're going to have uh, improved uh, performance, not just on the field, but sexual performance as well. And you know that you're you're going to get rid of whatever mood swings you had and you're just physically and psychologically going to feel like a better version of yourself. How is that not enough to inspire you to take that first step or to take that first bite out of something that can heal you from the inside out? Well, that's just crazy talk. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful, man. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Great talking to you. Likewise. Uh, If you're digging on Marco uh, and want to connect with him further, the best way to do that, your website is marcoborges.com and 22daysnutrition.com, and the book is The 22-Day Revolution. Yes, thank you. Anywhere else? Uh, Facebook and Twitter, 22-Days Nutrition is like on all those places, right? Is that the best place? Yeah, exactly. Cool, Thank you. Very kind of you. Uh, Let's do this again. Absolutely. Maybe we'll do dinner tonight. We have a spot already picked out for you. Uh, oh, yeah. Matt's at Kenny's place. <laughs> I'm going right. to have to call the wife and see how that goes. But okay. I'd love to, man. That's cool. And uh, we're going to see each other in Miami in November. I'm looking forward to it. Cool, it's man. It's going to be great. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Peace. Plants. All right. We did it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Don't forget to check out this week's comprehensive show notes at richworld.com, a robust compilation of articles, books, materials, and resources related to today's conversation. And make a point to check out Marco's book, The 22-Day Revolution, the plant-based program that will transform your body, reset your habits, and change your life. 
Use the Amazon banner ad, of course, for that purchase. And you can go to 22daysnutrition.com to learn more about his nutrition products and meal delivery service. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. Did I say that right? Subscribe to my newsletter and uh, download the free iOS app to access the entire RRP catalog for free. For all your plant power needs, visit richroll.com. Check out our cookbook and lifestyle guide, The Plant Power Way. We got signed copies of that as well as signed copies of Finding Ultra. We got Julie's guided meditation program. We got nutrition products. We got 100% organic cotton garments, plant power tech tees. We got peace and plants sticker packs, temporary tattoos, limited edition art prints, both framed and unframed. All kinds of really cool stuff to uh, take your health and your life to the next level. Uh, keep sending in your questions for future Q&A podcasts to info at richroll.com. And uh, if you want more, I got two video courses at mindbodygreen.com, one uh, on goal setting called The Art of Living with Purpose and one on nutrition called The Ultimate Guide to Plant-Based Nutrition. Just go to mindbodygreen.com, click on video courses. Uh, you'll find me there and lots of additional information. They're very affordably priced and I'm really proud of them. Multiple hours of streaming video content. Uh, it's good stuff. Thank you so much for uh, the support of the show by telling your friends, sharing it on social media, all that good stuff. I really appreciate it. And for always, of course, using the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com for all your Amazon purchases. I am signing off from Elkhart, and I'll see you guys back here in a few days. Make it great. Peace. Plants. Yeah.